Well, welcome to the final Loud Pedal podcast for 2020, a year like we have never seen before in supercars and a year that we certainly hope we will never witness again. Massive show to wrap things up for you. We've got the Bathurst champion, Shane Van Gisbergen, later on. We've got Scott McLaughlin, the departing series champion. We've got possibly the busiest man in supercars of the last couple of weeks, the owner of DJR now, not DJR Team Penske, Ryan Story will be popping in. And as always, co-host to the stars, Lethal Lee Holdsworth. This is the Loud Pedal Podcast with Chris Stubbs and Lee Holdsworth. Let's not muck about, let's get straight into it. Let's head to the United States, to Indianapolis, where Scott McLaughlin, our departing champion, joins us. He's had some laps today in anger of all places at the Brickyard, mate. How cool was that? Oh, yeah, Stubbsy, it was awesome. Um, you know, it was, uh, it's basically, it's got an ROP, so rookie orientation practice. So basically for me to um, build up to speed around the speedway and, and uh, you know, it's like a tradition, really. They've done it since, you know, God knows how long um, you know, for all the rookies that have come through the ranks in IndyCar. And uh, it's a nice thing because I can now, now it's been ticked off. I can run the open test, which is in March. Um, so I can run with everyone there before May and, and get a feel for what it's like in traffic. And then obviously when we hit May, we can basically once practice starts uh, for the Indy 500, it's just focus on chassis and getting that in the aero package, right, which is going to be good. So how'd you find it today? How fast did you go? And then what's the track actually like there, the circuit? Yeah, so it, it's awesome. It's 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 so big, like, and it's bigger without people in it. I actually went to Indy with Lee in 20, 2016 and it was um it, it was an awesome time. But to see it like as a driver now is is unbelievable. And being on track for the very first time today was so cool. And I spent a bit of time with Rick Mears before the session started. So I was going around in a pace car with him, which I had to pinch myself a little bit. Like he's an absolute legend of the sport. And then um, you sort of go through these, these rookie stages. So you start at sort of the 205, 210 bracket. You've got to do about 10, 15 laps in that. And then you go to, uh, then you come in and you sort of have a look around the car. And then it's, you, you start again, you go from 210 to 215. And that's a bit of a, you know, it feels a bit better because it's a bit faster. You know, your lateral load's higher, G-forces are higher. And then 215 onwards for the last 15 laps, which is called phase three. So it's a three phases of testing and rookie practice. And um, once you get over that, that's pretty cool. And then by the end of the day, we were running sort of 218, sort of average pace, mile an hour, um, you know, flat all the way around the track, 10 laps in a row, which was race trim so it's sort of similar race pace to what they did this year and it's just mind-blowing like the feeling you have like uh you sort of head down to the turn one and there's like a 90 degree turn that all you can see is wall and you've just got to trust like just to hold the thing flat and and turn in which is it's crazy it's really cool and is that the fastest you've ever been in a car yep yep so i did an average of 212 i think at uh texas motor speedway earlier this year so yeah, it's 218, I think 219, we just clicked over uh, today was uh, yeah definitely the fastest I've ever been. And that's obviously average speed. So I think we hit sort of close to 225 mile an hour at one point today, which is crazy. Yeah. Tell us about the reception, how have you found it over there? Has there been a lot of interest in what you're doing? Yeah, it has. It's been, it's been really cool. Uh, for one, the fans have been really cool over in America. Like it, it's, uh, you know, it's, 
kind of cool being like the new guy on the block in some ways, which has been different, but everyone's been really like uh, welcoming, which has been really cool. I actually put a tweet out because I was like, yeah, everyone was so nice. Even I was walking down the street with Carly, my wife in St. Pete and, you know, everyone was like, yeah, good luck tomorrow, man. Like, you know, love having you here. And welcome to IndyCar, like all that sort of stuff, you know. It's, um, it's pretty wild, you know, they're pretty forthcoming. Uh, I'm not saying our fans aren't, but it's like just a, it's a, it's a different, it's, it's kind of cool when you think that you're going to come across here and be a no one. Yeah. And then people kind of see who you are and, and respect what you've done. So, um, yeah, uh, that was awesome. And then, yeah, the, the press has been crazy. Obviously, I was a bit disappointed with, uh, you know, the, the ending of the weekend because I felt like I had a really good run um, throughout the week and just made one little error on you know, sort of a bit of an unknown with the cold tyres, cold break. So I'll learn all that and hopefully get it, get learned and get ready for uh, 2021. So who have you been taking tips from or advice from? Because now it's not... The niceties, I guess, have ended because you're there. You're a real threatened competitor in this series now. So has that vibe sort of changed with, with guys like Will Power, et cetera? Uh, I think the teammates have been fantastic. I don't really know a huge amount of the drivers, so I haven't had a chance to sort of hang out, especially with COVID, like all the drivers' meetings and stuff were all um, virtual, kind of like what we were doing in Australia. So you don't see a huge amount of them. Um I spoke to like uh, Marco Andretti on the grid and Graham Rahal as well. When I was sort of riding around, we get like these little scooters, which are cool. So you can rip around on the pits on them. And they all sort of stopped and, you know, just, just asking me how it is. They're, they're actually really approachable, really you know, good to talk to. And um, yeah, just like it's, it's a fair bit of respect between all the drivers, I think, because when you're doing those speeds, you know, wheel to wheel, you know, you've got to have somewhat of a, a thought for the other guy as well. So it's, um, you know, whenever there's like a new guy coming, it seems that they sort of get around the guy, which is, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a cool feel. But obviously when the you know, visors come down and stuff, it's going to be pretty full on. And that's certainly what I found out at um, St. Pete. So after that race, what are the most obvious things that you think you need to work on? Uh, oh, probably just like working out the what the cold tyres and, and brakes are like uh, on and keeping them warm. Okay. It's a completely different way to keep them warm compared to a supercar. Uh, yeah. there's, there's, there's definitely like little things with the pit stops and stuff that I need to get better. Um, you know, you can't grab a gear whilst the fuel probe's in. So you sort of have to be like ready for that. And there's a lot of protocols and stuff that you got to learn. Obviously no speed limiter. So you can do a big burnout out of the, out of the pit. So, but sometimes you can do too big of a burnout and lose time. So, there's a lot of little intricacies that I'm going to have to learn and I only learn in race trim. Um, so I was lucky to do two, two, two pit stops on the weekend and learn all that. And, and it was a good thing. Mate, what about your body physically? I mean, from where you were probably in 2018, your first championship year to now, what, what's the weight difference there? It looks to us visually like there's quite a difference. Yeah, there is. Um, well, I mean, you were fat. So yeah. No, no, I was, I was fat. I was a big, unit, but I, I think, um, uh, so when I did my test in January this year, I was like probably my biggest, right? So I was like two, 206 pounds. So I think that was like up there and like in kilos, it was like nine because I that's how I get measured over here, but it was like 90 something with all my gear on. Yeah. Okay. So, and then I weighed in at St. Pete this weekend and I was 182. Wow. So I've, I've lost a, a huge amount, um, which was cool. It was awesome. And, and it's, it's uh, I certainly feel good. I uh, 
Cardio-wise, I'm no dramas. I think I need to probably just get a little bit more stronger on my shoulders. And there's a couple of things that we can do in the cockpit to help that as well. My neck seemed pretty good, okay. um, but it's there. The, oh man, they're, they're so physical. Like it just absolutely, it, it, yeah, there's nothing like it. It's just, you got to do laps. And yeah, I was certainly pretty sore before the race on Sunday um, and felt, but once I got into it, the adrenaline starts kicking in. It's all pretty good then. Mate, when did you find out that you had the deal? Congratulations. We haven't spoken since it was announced. Yeah. That you were formally off uh, this full-time adventure. When did you find out and, and how did that play out in the emotion of that moment? Yeah, it was, um, I sort of have had an idea, but I didn't really know officially until I got sort of to, to the US. So, um, you know, you, you have belief that it's going to be pretty good. You sort of shift over there. I didn't realize it was going to be, uh, I didn't know if it was going to be a part-time deal or whether it was, I, I definitely knew that I was shifting to the US, but I didn't um, know whether I was going to be on a full-time sort of program and whatever, if they had the budget to do it or whatever. So when I got uh, to St. Pete on the uh, Friday, they, they said, oh, we're going to announce everything on the Saturday. Um, so that was, uh, no, yeah. And it was it was pretty awesome. Yeah, I think it was Friday, or I got there on Thursday, and yeah, Friday they announced it. So, yeah, it was it was it was pretty special. And who did you kind of tell tell first? During your, your dad, oh, or? yeah, mum and dad, and yeah, everyone, uh, the in-laws as well. After mum and dad, and then uh, um, yeah, friends. I, I I sort of kept it, but it's kind of cool because I sort of kept it like pretty low key and then once it got announced it sort of everyone my phone sort of went crazy and it was it was pretty fun i got a new number over in the u.s too so i was surprised how many people already had that so it was pretty crazy <laughs> so where's home going to be over there where are you setting up base uh so i'll be in uh charlotte north carolina um there's a place called uh huntersville yep. um so that's about sort of 25 minutes from the from the race shop uh it's about 25 minutes from the airport uh, and not far away from the simulator where I do a lot of my testing before I go to the go to the races. So um, it was a bit of a central spot for myself and Carly. And you'll be living the high life in private planes and that sort of thing in the jet? <laughs> uh, no, not personally. I guess in some ways uh, there's a team plane. So when, cool. we've, when we've gone uh, to this race, uh, to this practice, uh, this test at Indy, we use a team plane. Um, but normally the drivers don't uh, don't fly on the team plane because they've got too many staff to be put through. So we just um, we, we we're still slumming it in commercial <laughs> uh, until you get your private jet. That is, yeah. yeah I wish, I wish, <laughs> mate. Um, why why are you leaving us? We're like a jilted lover. We don't want you to go, mate. What why? What's the attraction with America other than Carl? It's it's, no, it's no nah, Carly's. I've always wanted to be in America and Carly was just an absolute bonus. Um, but I think it's, it's, I've always wanted a challenge. I wanted to do, I wanted to win Bathurst and championship. Yeah. I've always said that to you and I've said it to everyone yeah. and I did that. And I, I didn't see, uh, I'd done everything that I'd wanted to do in supercars and had this opportunity with, you know, probably the world's best motor, motorsport team, especially in the U S um, you know, to come across and, and be a part of something, whether it was, you know, uh, you know, IndyCar or NASCAR, I think I could have gone sort of either way. Um, but, you know, to, to be 
to, to be able to start as a rookie again and, and um, learn a completely different discipline. Uh, it's really refreshing. And um, yeah, I'm just really excited. I think I'm, I'm uh, yeah, it's just one of those deals where you just, you just want to continue like pursuing, uh, trying to get the most out of yourself. And I've never driven an open wheeler or raced one. So even on the weekend, it was the first time I've sort of really gone wheel to wheel. I've raced a couple of former Ford races. That's about it. But um, yeah, it's all new. And, and, and I think that's what's so refreshing about it and what's so exciting about what, what, what sort of lies ahead. And you're taking Penske with you, mate. How are you? Uh, <laughs> we're losing Penske from, from our sport here. And he's, he's been incredible. The, the team, the contribution has been enormous to our sport. Uh, how do you feel and reflect about that when you found out it was happening? Yeah, it's um, it's it's sad, but it's you know, it's it's just you know, it's a business decision and and something that they had to had to do. I think COVID has struck struck everyone hard, um, including you know Roger himself and and the Penske organization. Um, but you know, they're they're exiting in in a, in a pretty nicely way. It's not like they're just dropping the tools and leaving. Like they're you know, there's a lot of um, intel, a lot of you know Penske. Uh, you know, uh, help that, you know, was it at DJR that will continue to be used and, and, and Roger will still, you know, keep an idea of it. I know, I know they were really, um, you know, uh, encouraging to everyone on the call when we had the team call about what, what was going on. Um, you know, tell them, you know, that they're not going to like just drop us or drop DJR. It's going to be a, a soft exit and make sure that everything's right. And, you know, that includes signing the new the, the partners onto deals and you know everyone you know things pretty much stay status quo into next year the only thing that will be different will be you know team Penske or the, the Penske won't be there um, but at the same time you know the people that they've got there and um, that we've built over time that they are some of the best people I've ever worked with and they've all come from all different parts of supercars and and um, it's not like they've just bought a whole heap of people from America they're all Australian New Zealand homegrown and um, they, they're going to continue to be one, one of if not the best teams in, in supercars if they keep going on the track that they're going and you know I, just, I think I see a really exciting future for them and um, yeah I'm glad that I'm going to come, come back at Bathurst and be able to race with them which is going to be a lot of fun too. I assume the disclaimer on that is as long as the calendars don't clash you'll, you'll be here and that, that's a really cool thing who would you rather yeah. drive with are you going to drive with Will or Anton? <laughs> Shut up, Stubbsy. Um, <laughs> no, no. I you know, think, it's been, um, it was announced today. It's all good. We can talk about it now. Is it? Don't say anything. <laughs> I know. I'm not saying a word. No, I don't. I don't know what's going on. But no, I think um, I'd love to just drive in the 17. Which whoever that whoever that's going to be driving that car, I don't. I don't know. But I'd love to go back to my old car, my old crew. Uh, it, it's a pretty special number in my place in Australia as well, with, along with, you know, DJ and really take a lot of pride in driving that. But yeah, I, I think, yeah, it does determine on calendars, but if Bathurst stays in the same spot and, you know, COVID, I don't know, allows me to go back, you know, at the same time, potentially may not be allowed to get to Australia, you know, if things don't sort of open up. So let's hope, you know, fingers crossed, things start settling down. They don't look at it at the moment, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I am, you know, penciled in to be there for sure. If there's one moment you could live again from your supercars experience, what would it be? I know it's hard to pin, pick one, but... 
if I could live again or I could I, like change. No, if you could experience one of those moments again and do it oh, all. Oh, winning Bathurst. Yeah. Yeah, winning Bathurst. Yeah. It's, there's nothing, there's nothing like that. There was nothing ever, ever like that last, that last, last lap, the crossing the line, seeing the guys on the wall, getting out of the car, the fans, the people chanting your name, doing a shooey. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's what I mean. Before the controversy, I'm so glad I enjoyed that 24 hours of just pure party. Yeah. Um, because it was just the most incredible sort of 24 hours of my life. How do you feel about leaving supercars? I imagine if it was 12 months ago, it would have been very different to how you feel leaving now. Oh, right? uh, yeah. Yep. Um, no, I'm just content, Stubbsy. I don't have any uh, angst or anything. It's just purely I'm, I'm looking at uh, extending my career, you know, and trying to do something when I've got the opportunity to do it. Uh, I look, it, it was... Um, I have so many friends and, and so many people that have been so like amazing for me and growing me to the person I am today that I've um, you know had to leave behind but we still remain seriously close and the support that I've got from back there is amazing um, but uh, yeah I, I certainly I think if I had left in the 2019 I would have been probably like a bit um uh, yeah, a bit, bit empty, I guess. You know, you wouldn't have been like, you know, as probably uh, happy just with what went on. But I'm glad, like, 2020, we proved a lot of people wrong and come out. And yeah, we definitely shut a lot of people up. Um, you know, there's been a lot of people, you know, damning our team and saying that we weren't, um, you know, that all we were doing, we had a, a better car than everyone. We, and that's why we smashed everyone. We still come out and probably had, if not a better season, close to a better season this year and and that's what's really proud about the whole thing you'll always be the defending champion in, in a way because you're, you're departing uh with that title <laughs> yeah. will you ever return do you think Full time? Uh, it depends how i go if i if i if i go like a busted ass over here i'm i'm, I'm gonna have to come come somewhere i got i got um yeah i'm i i'm planning on not but i i i plan on trying to just forge a career here and then um you know what see what happens but i'd still continue to love to be a, a, a co-driver um because the indie at the moment the calendars work out perfectly they end perfectly and if it stays at one enduro in the future at bathurst and we're a shoo-in so um yeah it's yeah ideally i'd love to stay here till i retire but if not i'll come back to australia do you feel like you've got time on your hand? Like there's no immediate rush for you to be winning races given, I mean, Will Powell's what, 39? You're 27. It seems like you're still very, very young uh, in that landscape. Yeah, I've yeah, certainly um, got a, a, you know, a lot of time. But at the same time, you know, you're coming in with you know, a lot of, I've got everything I need here. Like I've, got a lot of, I've got a lot of, I've got a big resource, um, a great team. I've got great engineers and, and a great car and that, you know, there's no really any excuses apart from being a rookie. So I sort of, you know, I get this year under my belt. I, I've, I've got pretty low expectations. I've just got to go and learn. Um, you know, ideally would love to like, you know, slot myself in a couple of top tens here and there, um, you know, and then see what happens in, in the future, whether we, you know, even Tim Sindrick said, you know, like it's a, a couple of top 10s, you know, top 15 next year, uh, maybe 
push the top five bracket in, in 22. And then if we can challenge for wins and potentially a championship in, in my third year, that would be good progression. But that's just what he said. So um, it's glad to hear that he's got a three-year three plan at least. That's very cool. We've just seen what happened with Brendan Gale's plan at the Richmond Footy Club and they've got another premiership. Yeah. So uh, there's no, no shame in trying to aim high. Who wins here next year, the championship? Oh, uh, I think I think if it's not a DJR car, I think it would. Um, I think Shane's pretty strong. I think he's 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 coming in um, with a lot of confidence. Obviously, winning Bathurst, that's a big thing for him to get off his back and and be. Um, yeah, I, 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 he's going to be strong. He's going to be he's going to be dangerous. So I think um, yeah, he'll be he'll be tough to beat. Is it nuts over there at the moment? The election, coronavirus. It must be from here. It seems mad. It's, it's not that bad. Like it's 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 everyone. The Australian media are crazy. Like they just like blow everything out of proportion. It's certainly nuts. pretty. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah yeah no. It's certainly it's like up and up and about. Like the the debates are funny. Like I watched the debate <laughs> live. It was pretty full on. But the um. But the, in regards to COVID, yeah, COVID cases are going high, but there's yeah. a lot of face masks and um, sort of, you know, put a mask on and be hygienic and press on. That's sort of how it seems and social distance. Like it's 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 good and bad in, in some ways, I guess. Like we've we've done a really good job in Australia and New Zealand keeping it controlled. Um, where obviously it's got a little bit out of hand over here, but, you know, there's it, also a lot more people <laughs> over here as well. Just finally, what do you do now between here and, and say Christmas in terms of time in the car? Where, where are you at? Yeah, I've got a, I've got really all I know in time in the car. I've got a test at Barber on Monday, um, Barber Motorsport Park, which is in Alabama. Um, so that's back on a road course. So I'll, I'll do that, and then, um, uh, and then I'm yeah, I'm pretty chilled to sort of like uh, after Thanksgiving before Christmas. I think we've got a couple of little things on, so. Looking forward to that. I've got my first Thanksgiving coming up. We're going to move into our apartment in Charlotte and then drive up to New York and see Carly's family and then um, and uh, then come back and, and start the new year, which is going to be pretty crazy. Trick-or-treating as well, of course, in America. Yeah, this weekend. It's a big deal over here. Dress up. Have fun. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think Carly's going for a party. I'm not. <laughs> you, you say that, but she'll twist your arm. You'll be there. <laughs> yeah. I don't drink any more stubsy. I'm, I'm, oh, that's I'm, true. No, I'm joking. No, I do. I do, but only on occasion. That's right. And it's all low alcohol now. Mm. Yeah. Uh, mate, thanks for your time. Appreciate it as always. You've been a great sport with us here on the, on the loud pedal. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm not getting emotional. I've actually just got something in my throat. Yeah. Uh, over the last couple of years, we really appreciate it and we wish you all the very best of luck in this, this incredibly awesome adventure. We're all riding the wave with you, mate. Thanks, mate. Just call me anytime. No dramas. Chat to you soon then. Cheers, mate. No worries. Sorry, Dave. Yeah, so we always appreciate Scotty's time. Always appreciate Lee Holdsworth's time. Lethal, mate. Welcome back. How are you? Yeah, good, Stubbsy. Good to be back. Um, good to be back in Melbourne, finally. So 105 or six days, I think it was, since we left. And, uh, and we got back to not too bad conditions, starting <laughs> to ease the restrictions down here, which is great. Wow. Um, but, yeah, long, long time away from home. But I think we... Um, we enjoyed it and we missed the worst of, of Melbourne. Yeah, we knew you were coming back, mate. So the government obviously bowed down and opened things up for you <laughs> as they did. Uh, mate, Bathurst, 
we haven't spoken to you since then. We should touch on it quickly. Uh, you had a few of us a little nervous, provisional poll, and we knew that you'd promised you'd run naked down uh, pit lane if you won. And I tell you what, there were some very anxious people around. Oh, I had the fluffer ready and everything. <laughs> um, I was I was ready to go, but yeah, yeah, it was it was a good week. We we had a um, a great lead up to the race. We had plenty of speed and found some really good gains in the car, which I wish we'd found a few rounds earlier, but. Um, probably went a little too far for the race and and just didn't have outright speed uh but we ended up seventh wasn't a bad way to end the year but um yeah it was a bit too much of a qualifying car in the race so made it a bit difficult to drive but um yeah not not a bad way to go into the break knowing that you know you got confidence in what you've got underneath you and that should be able to carry into next year and just quickly who was taller you or caruso did we sort that out in the end I, I don't think I even need to go there. I think that was pretty obvious on telly. <laughs> I did take a screen grab and send you and said, I don't know if there, there's, there. a good, there's a good five or six centimetres in it and I am definitely taller. So we, we, had that, um, we had that pretty well established for the start of the week. Good, good. Well, we've left him hanging. He's uh, on the screens at the moment. He's joining the conversation. Ryan's story. Ryan, welcome. Great to have you back. It's fantastic to be back, Stubbsy and Lethal. Uh, it's always great to be on the last show of the year. It's, uh, it's fantastic and uh, look forward to, to stirring you guys up a bit. Uh, I must say, Lethal, it's good television seeing you on Provisional Pole at Bathurst. It would not have been good television seeing you do a nutty run if, you, if you'd won the thing. <laughs> not, not to take anything away from you. I'd, I'd love to see you hold up the Peter Brock trophy, but uh, it's, 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 the, the, the juice ain't worth the squeeze, my son. The juice ain't worth uh, the squeeze. Hey, you never know. You never know until you've seen it. So, <laughs> all right. Well, I we'll appreciate we'll, that. We'll, though. We'll, we'll take your word. We'll take your word for that, and let's move on to the next next topic. <laughs> there you go. Um, hey, Adelaide Five Hundred. Wow, bombshell. Uh, that's uh, personally someone who who loves the sport and loves the event. That's that's devastating, Ryan. To you, you have a, a big connection in, in South Australia and. Obviously, you've been on the, on the commission and uh, you've had great success there as a team. What, what's your take when you heard this? I think it's a great tragedy and I think, I think we're going to hear more about it uh, in the next few days. Uh, I, I, did, uh, I spoke to the 5AA breakfast uh, radio team this morning. Um, there's, there's a lot of talk in Adelaide. Uh, there's obviously the Eastern Parklands uh, homeowners groups that have been, that have been fairly vocal for many years about the event, but it's the minority against the majority. This year, I mean, Lee, you, Lee and Stubbs, you, you will have noticed, noticed and noted this as well. The audience was down, the, the, the crowd was down compared to previous years, but we have to remember that was in the backdrop of, of these tragic bushfires, not just in South Australia, but across the Eastern States. And, but last year had over 250,000 people attend the event. It's a major event. And, and whilst it's on in the midst of Mad March, a series of events in South Australia in, in, in and around the same times, the, the Fringe Festival and the, the Arts Festival, uh, they get nowhere near the, the audience and the crowd and the interstate travellers that the Adelaide 500 does. So I think it's a great shame. The event's in the Supercars Hall of Fame. It's one of the best street circuits in the world. It's one of the best uh, touring car and street races in the world. Uh, and it really does shine a light on Adelaide, the city. And, and certainly is, is one of the jewels in the supercars crown. And I think with everything that we're doing with Gen 3, with the, with the announcements made at, over the Bathurst weekend about Camaro and Mustang for Gen 3, 
uh, we've got a bright future ahead of us. And I think it's a, it's a great shame to see this event leave the calendar, but uh, I suspect we'll hear a bit more about it over the next few days. Uh, but, but again, the numbers tell the story, the economic, the economic benefit to the states, the room nights, all of these sorts of things. It just, it just doesn't stack up to make a decision like this, especially using the coronavirus pandemic as the, uh, as the, the foundation for the decision. I'm sure that they gave it every, every necessary consideration. I'm, I'm sure of that. But in the discussions that supercars were having with them, we were talking about moving the event to the end of the season and having it be the grand finale. We were talking about ways to keep the championship alive through, through modifications to the point system along the way that, that, would, that would ensure that the event had some gravity with it as well. It would have been a great final event for us. So there was an enormous amount of work undertaken to get to that stage. But to not only pull out of next year's event, which was contracted, but to effectively slam the door shut on those ongoing negotiations is a terrible shame. And uh, I'd love to see them reconsider it. Well, hopefully they do. And I think a lot of a lot of people forgot, I think, the difference in the quality of the extra entertainment. The band that were there, the lineup last year, were nothing compared to the ones that we'd had in the years previous. And I know that we're there for motorsport, but it is a major event. And I think that's a that was a clear factor. Uh, in the crowd numbers, and it was a little bit disappointing to hear uh, Rodney Harricks from South Australian Tourism Commission having a bit, bit of a go about the long-term decline in, in motorsport fans, which I don't know where he got that data from and, and if he can substantiate that, but that, that was, I think, a pretty disappointing little, little dig, I would have thought. Well, I think there's no way to substantiate that statement. I, was, I, I also took note of that, uh, that comment. There's, there's simply no way to substantiate that. I mean, when we look at the numbers, I mean, just from the Fox Sports numbers alone, supercars is the third, the third sport behind the, the two major ball sports. So we're, 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 still, we're still very popular in that sense. And we've just signed a new television rights deal, which will see us potentially increase our free-to-air audience by as much as 50%. The interaction that we'll have, I mean, Letha will get, a, will get a gig on Sunrise once a week. So there's all of these things that are going to be <laughs> beneficial for, for the sport going forward. So again, there's upside everywhere you look. And, uh, and to make these, uh, these decisions around something um, that's, that's obviously such a, such a, has, has had such a wonderful history and has had great appeal over the years is a, is a tremendous shame. And, and like I said, supercars really did work incredibly hard with, with the Tourism Commission there and, and with the state government there to explore every avenue, including even taking over the event and the running of the event. So we were prepared to put... Uh, to put it on the line to continue to make the event a, a huge success. But the economic benefit is something that we do and something that we measure for all of the events that we go to. So when we see the New South Wales government renewing their agreements with us, the Queensland government renewing their agreements with us, South Australia's basically swimming against the tide. Mm. And to make comments like that about the motorsport fan, the motorsport supporter is ridiculous. And I've seen some commentary today that potentially Formula E could come into, into the mix, but that's a pipe dream as well. I mean, if you look at Formula E racing anywhere around uh, around Europe and, and and wherever else they race, you'd be lucky to spot a punter for miles. You could you you you, you, you got the only seat in the grandstand, it's the best seat in the house. But uh, it's as boring as watching paint dry. You know, our cars are exciting; they're a visual and visceral experience. And subject to your point too, I mean, the the, the success of the Adelaide Adelaide event isn't just what we put on show on track. It's uh, it's the, it's the shows they have afterwards. I mean, I remember the Red Hot Chili Peppers there a few years ago, uh, but, but last year, yeah, 250,000 people there last year when there were no other mitigating factors like the bushfires to potentially keep that, those crowd numbers down. And, yeah. and that was 
again at the advent of Mustang, but still good numbers when the peak the peak that they've had in the history of the event is 391 thousand or so. I know that Lee was there in the mosh pit for the peppers and was singing along for Robin Williams. <laughs> I want to get your your view, Lee, as a driver. I mean, you don't have to worry about turn eight anymore. You can cross that one off the list, but it's a place that everyone must love. I loved having to worry about turn eight because it's such a challenging corner and it's such a a famous corner or infamous corner of, of that track and, and of our series that, you know, there's such big hype in the lead up to Adelaide because it is such a challenging track because of the atmosphere, because of uh, the, you know, it's a market event. Like, like Ryan said, it's, it's one of the best events of the year. And it's such a shame, especially 12 months out from when we actually plan to run this event to make that call is uh is is a massive call at this at this stage and with how we're actually um you know progressing with with this um with this COVID-19 uh, pandemic you know we, we we're finding new ways to deal with things and and I just can't believe that 12 months out we would make that call um going to Ryan's um comment about the the Formula E and and how that has been brought up I just I think that's ludicrous that we would even think to go down that path in Australia. Australia, for one thing, aren't, aren't massively into open wheelers, but to have a category like Formula E that make no sound, uh, I mean, we saw the backlash just with Formula One when they first came here with the lack of noise and how people didn't like it and it turned the fans away and all that stuff. People in Australia, they want to hear V8s and they want to hear um, you know, loud, uh, hard racing, door-to-door action, and that's what we give them in supercars. So it's massively disappointing. I'll be, I'm gutted that uh, at this stage, there's no Adelaide 500, um, such a big part of our championship and, and it's massively disappointed. So I hope that they do reinstate it or, or at least have a, have a good think about it and, and reassess. We do have to keep moving because we've got a bumper show. We've already had Scotty, we've got Shane to come. Ryan, we have to ask you the departure of Roger Penske and Team Penske as an organisation from your team. I first heard the rumour at the 12 hour back in February. When did you know that, that this was either a possibility or, or actually a fact that was going to happen? So we've, we've often got to the end of the year and, and considered our position going forward, but uh, obviously things were, were somewhat challenging through the course of this year and it changed some of the circumstances around how those discussions progress and basically last Tuesday evening um, I had a phone hook up uh, with Roger Penske, Tim Sindrick and we made a decision uh, to continue the team um, without Penske's involvement uh, which brings to the end a, a wonderful chapter for us and it's certainly a successful chapter as well so from that from making that decision through to making the announcement on Saturday um, I sent out uh, I've reached out to drivers and secured drivers, which we're, which we're hoping and looking forward to announcing in the weeks to come. Uh, reached out to all of our commercial partners and, and renewed a lot of those uh, arrangements for multi-year multi extensions and secured this, the foundations of the team going forward. So it, it, a lot happened in the space of a week. Uh, and look, it would be, it would be uh, I suppose, a, a bit of a, a bit of a furphy to say that I hadn't considered what some of the options come the end of this season might look like, uh, but this is certainly uh, this is certainly a great uh, a great outcome for us, 
Um, we have absolutely appreciated everything that, uh, that Penske's brought to the sport and what they've done over that time and uh, the professionalism that they've brought to the category is second to none. But, you know, one thing I'm really proud of is that when you look at our race cars and, and the vehicles that we've developed and all of the components are designed and, and made here in Stapleton, which is fantastic. Um, certainly the, the Mustang itself was obviously a collaboration with us and for performance, but uh, with where we sit from a budget point of view, from a personnel point of view, we have modest expectations heading into next year, but we have high expectations in the in the medium to, to long-term future, and we've secured the long-term future of the team. So I don't want to take anything away from the Penske era. It's been a wonderful six seasons that uh, we've shared together on track and off it. Um, six championships between drivers and teams in that time, uh, and just great, wonderful memories. And the amount of business, I mean, Roger Penske came into motorsport and when we secured the deal to form DJR Team Penske, he was quite open that the team existed and we raced to market the Penske brands in Australia. And Roger was at that point in time new to the market. And the team effectively grew as Penske Australia New Zealand grew as well. And we've seen them flourish. They're a very big organisation across Australia and New Zealand in, in trucks and in on-highway and off-highway engines. So big mining truck engines, boat engines. They do a lot of work with Navy and the Land 400 vehicles for Army. They're, they're doing the engine and driveline in, in those. So, so there's been tremendous success away from the racetrack uh, that really has, uh, has, has its spark and ignited through the partnership uh, with the race team. So it's, it's sad in, in many respects and the end of an era in many respects, but we're really looking forward to the future. And and one of the things that, uh, that one, one, of the, one of the key people we're obviously going to miss is, is Scotty. You know, for him to have done laps around the speedway this week and to have had his uh, inaugural debut at St. Petersburg, that's something we should all be proud of, that, that, that a supercars driver can take that next step if they so choose to. And we really, we really congratulate him and, and, and wish him every success for the future and everything that's ahead of him. He's a great guy, a great competitor, and has just been a wonderful asset for this team over the past, uh, over the past four, four seasons. So, again, we're really looking forward to the future, but to certainly pay tribute to Roger and to the Penske organisation for everything they've done for us, everything they've brought to the sport and the, the success we've had over the past few years. Ryan, how do you see the absence of Penske playing an effect or will it have an effect? Was there much uh, money being pumped in from, from Roger Penske himself and, and was there much development going on overseas well i can i can tell you there was no development going on overseas um, all of the components on the car have been designed and made here um, and that goes from from engine through the chassis to suspension geometry the whole the whole the whole bit so the biggest thing that team penske bought us is systems and process so we use the same cad software that they use um, and we use other systems that they use as well and and have have centralized repositories for 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 CAD models and things like that. So, so it's, a, it's a transition process uh, away from some of those, uh, those ancillary systems. But, but really, it's that, uh, that commitment to, to presentation and excellence. And it's the systems and processes that have proven to not only be successful for us, but if you look at Team Penske in every category they have competed in and continue to compete in, they have success. So we've adopted those. And you can never unlearn what you've learned. So it would be foolhardy for us to, to continue to move forward and, and not retain those practices and processes and continue to build upon them. And, and everything from, from build sheets to bombs for cars to, 
to uh, procedural procedures for mechanics, procedures for engineers, uh, the way in which we life all of our components, uh, very simple things like that, which we can only seek to improve. Uh, but we can, like I said, we can never unlearn what we've learned. So it's, it's really not so much the impact they'll have not being part of the team, but more so the impact that they'll have not, not, being, uh, not having a role in the sport. But we press on. And, and like I mentioned before, the Gen 3 rules are fantastic. I think they're going in the right way. I've had a number of discussions with Ford this week and last week, Ford Performance, that is, talking about the Gen 3 Mustang and, and, and its driveline as well. So there's a lot of exciting things happening in the series. And sometimes I don't think we do enough to, to, to sell that story. But between the new TV deal coming up and, the, uh, and, and Gen 3 a couple of years uh, into the future, it's, it's certainly something to look forward to. And Ryan, are you are you now the owner? Are you the proud new owner of the team? <laughs> so Dick Johnson and, and myself are the owners of the team, um, and that's that's the that's basically the the shape of the team and what it will look like come one January, twenty twenty one. Was there and what's down? the what's the new name? Sorry, Stubbsy. <laughs> yeah. What's the new name? I'm on a roll here. I want to get more and more out of him. <laughs> well, well, as you can see, as you see, you can see behind me, I've got DJR seventeen number plates and and the Penske Way street sign. But uh, <laughs> Dick and I joke that DJR stands for Dick, Jilly, and Ryan, because uh, uh, you know DJR team Penske. I'm the only one whose name's not in the bloody title, so uh, the, the R stands for Ryan. But uh, no, we're Dick Johnson Racing, and and we're going to be racing as a Shell V Power Racing team. We've got a great relationship with Shell, and and which is the and, and Beaver Energy, which is the Shell licensee in Australia. So we're very proud and privileged to have that partnership continue well into the future. And, and, and like I said, you'll hear from us over, over the next few weeks around drivers, partnerships continuing. We've, we've got a very, very strong future ahead of us. And we're really excited. Like I said, modest expectations as we begin. And, and you would expect that with any, where you see any, any sort of change in any of these teams. I mean, it's very rare that you see someone jump into the seat of one of these cars, having come from another team and, and immediately have success. The competitiveness of the category is such now that there needs to be a really good cohesion between team driver and car. And, and, and Lee, you know, you're, you're, you're a good example of, of, of this weekend just gone. A provisional pole in that car, a fantastic result and a fantastic outcome. When you had your debut, with Tickford, uh, that level of competitiveness that you're, that you're showing now on the track wasn't necessarily there. And, and that's by no means a reflection of, on you or the team. It just takes time to gel. So, so we have to have realistic expectations going forward. And I think we do. And uh, like I said, great people, great partners, and some of the best supporters you could ever hope for in any sport, really. I mean, the, the people that are passionate about our team, it's, it's unbelievable. So Will and Anton, as uh, the Daily Telegraph yesterday said it was confirmed, we, we all believe that's what's, what's happening. Are you suggesting that you don't think you'll be in a position yet to defend the title? No, I'm not, I'm not saying that at all, um, but I'm ha I have realistic expectations. I mean, we'll make our driver announcement next week. You, 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 may, you, you, you may very well think that, but it's, I couldn't possibly comment, uh, Chris. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, but the reality, the reality is, you have to have realistic expectations when you have change, and and, and certainly when you when you compare yourself against, you know, our main rivals for the for the past few seasons have obviously been Triple Eight, and they've got continuity there across the across the spectrum. Uh, we won't have that, but we're building towards having that uh, into the future, and we just have to be realistic as to how we start, and we're hoping to win races next year. There's no 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 doubt about it.
We want to be competitive and we want to continue to race up the front. Um, what about Ludo? Is Ludo continuing? People were asking that, that question. I'm not sure why, but uh, he has talked about overseas, I think, previously. But uh, is he continuing with you? Look, we're not, we're not anticipating any material structures to the personnel within the business. And I'm having great constructive dialogue with Ludo, which is a probably political answer, I know. But, you know, these guys, have, these guys haven't come home yet. So I've been communicating with them over the phone and through email. And the staff were only, only, only learned about the Dick Johnson racing uh, transition Saturday last week. So I really need to, to get all these guys back home and in the shop and, uh, and we'll start locking the personnel side of things in. But at this point in time, I have absolutely no plans to have any, any material change to the form of the team and the personnel that, uh, that are part of it. I mean, the success that we've had over the years isn't down to isn't down to any one person. It isn't down to any one driver. It's down to the team and all things working in cohesion. So you'd be mad to change it. The new Mustang, you've touched on it and the development. I assume it will look like a Mustang. Now with absolutely, the it'll be a, it'll be as we see it on the road, effectively. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, the look. The reality is, is that I mean, we're revisiting old ground here, but. The, the car of the future chassis was designed for a four-door sedan. Mm. And when we bought Mustang into the category, we did so originally trying to see some changes to that chassis to better accommodate a two-door uh, coupe uh, body style. Uh, but instead, we had to, had to make modifications to the, to the external surfaces of the car to fit the chassis. But Gen 3 is all about having road, effectively the road-going OEM panels and, and the look of the road car uh, fitting on the racetrack, so they'll they'll still be mean-looking race cars, and uh, they'll be and they'll be fit fit and built to purpose race cars, but they'll share a lot of commonality with the road-going equivalent, and and certainly a lot of the panelling as well, which will mean that 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 the, the immediate appearance from a distance or from afar of the car will will reflect mm -hmm. the road-going equivalent. And look, I, as I said, when when the Mustang first uh, first popped out, people were critical of it. Uh, I said, look, a, a Mustang is whatever Ford decide to put the pony badge on, in the grill of. And, you know, they race, they race Mustang drag cars. And we've seen the Mark E uh, electric car. The, Must, the Mustang brand is, is such, a, such an incredible one for, for Ford. And, you know, we have to remember, too, that the first time that a Mustang won a road course race anywhere in the world was with Norm Beachy here in Australia. So tremendous pedigree. And Gen 3 will see a... a effectively a, a Mustang that has uh, deep DNA links with its with its external surfaces to the road car up against a Camaro with deep DNA links to its road going equivalent as well in terms of the external surfaces. So I think it's going to be fantastic. They're going to be strong. They're going to be strong, really, really fast, angry looking race cars. It's going to be great. Beauty. Remiss of me not to ask about Fabs. You talk about new drivers. Do you have anything to, to sign off and, and say about his... Uh, achievements, first pole, first race win for the team uh, from memory. Yeah, I mean he he had uh, he had a pole. Actually, the first pole I think was Scott Pye at Adelaide in 2016, oh. and I think Fab's got pole in Adelaide the following day. But uh, Fab's got the first win for us, first points paying win at Tassie in 2017. And you know the, the three teams championships that we've won, he's obviously played a critical part. And when he joined us originally in 2016, he didn't really know what he was signing up for. He'd, he was coming from a team that uh, he'd won races with uh, to an unknown and an unproven and into an unproven environment. So we've, uh, we, he, he won't be continuing with us as a full-time driver next year. 
uh, but certainly his commitment to the team and what he's helped us achieve over the last few years is something that, that, that can't go unrecognised. And we really appreciate his contribution throughout that time and all of the efforts. And not to mention, like I, like I said, the, 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 I suppose jumping from the from the from jump, jumping into the deep end with us in 2016 to build what we've managed to build. So we're grateful for everything he's done for us and the success that he's had with our with our organisation. Uh, Ryan, when did you know that Scott was leaving? He said earlier in our chat with him that um, he's known for a while that he's going to go to the states. He just didn't know if it would be full time or not. So when were you aware? It's been a lot of speculation, but when did you know and get the chance to start working towards that? Look, we've had those discussions for a while. I mean, originally he was meant to go and race at the Indy Road Course, uh, the Indy Road Course race in May, and the expectation was that if he was successful there, he would have other opportunities throughout 2020. And when that didn't play out, uh, St Pete became an opportunity for him. And, uh, and it was leading towards uh, a, more, a more permanent uh, opportunity for him to race full-time in 2021. So it's been an ongoing conversation for quite some time. Uh, but like I said, in terms, of securing the on, in terms of securing drivers for the future, um, we basically uh, had, had the discussion as to what the team structure would look like and made those final decisions last Tuesday evening. And then I reached out to, uh, to our 2021 and beyond drivers following day uh, and uh, and got paperwork to them the following day. So everything happened very quickly. But in terms of the discussions around Scott's future, they've been ongoing for quite some time. There's always been an ambition from him and also from Team Penske and from the organisation as a whole to see him have those, have those uh, opportunities in the States. He deserves them. And I think uh, what we've seen just even in the early days, I mean, he, he has to come up to grips with the red sidewall tyre, I think. I think that catches a lot of rookies out, but uh, he's already shown great promise and getting laps around the speedway means that he'll be able to compete in the Indianapolis 500 next year. And uh, I, I really can't wait to see what he can do and what he can achieve. And, and it'll be like Pavlova and, and other things will sort of claim him as an Aussie, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but it'll, it'll be great to see up, up a lot, up alongside other sort of Australian New Zealanders like Will Power, Scott Dixon, who's just, just won a, his uh, sixth championship. I mean, there's 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 guys from the antipodes who who have who have had great success in that championship. It's a very competitive championship, and uh, it's 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 no different to what Dick Johnson Racing is looking looking down the barrel of at the moment. We have to have realistic expectations as we start, but uh, we have very ambitious um, a very a very ambitious agenda going forward. And, and Scott's no different. He has realistic expectations as he starts, but he's very ambitious and wants to win races and and have that pedi- and he has that pedigree. Ryan, I'm guessing that the decision for Scott to go full-time IndyCar racing wasn't made directly after Bathurst. This decision was made before that. Was was the the plan? Was it to to create the least disruption, uh, you know, f- to the team? Um, because obviously there was a lot of talk about Scott was with the team unless uh, unless something changes, like a an ownership changes. Um, now it was pretty obvious if Scott leaves that that means that Penske's no longer there. So was the was that the the plan was to to be least disruptive to the team? Is that why the announcement was straight after Bathurst? No, look, there, there was there's genu- genuinely no correlation between the two. Um, Scott's going to come back and co-drive for us at Bathurst next year, which is really exciting, and uh, and that will be an open ended an open ended uh, scenario for us, depending on how schedules look going forward. 
but no, yeah, there, there's there's no there's no. I don't. I think that it's easy to draw a correlation between the two, but there isn't one in real terms. I mean, we've been talking about Scott's future for quite some time, and and we've had engagement with a number of drivers. I mean, it's it's it would be remiss and 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 negligent for any team principal to not have an understanding of where any driver is at any point in time in their contract cycle, and to be looking down the road as to what the future holds. So, we've been talking to people along the way for a number of years, um, and always had that uh, that uh, I suppose that oversight and, and, and understanding of where people fit in the market in case an opportunity opportunity like this did come up for Scott and we had a seat to fill. Uh, but uh, the two decisions in terms of Scott going full-time in IndyCar and, and Team Penske uh, to not continue racing in supercars are independent of each other. Would there be a chance of running a wild card? I know there's been a bit of talk uh, about willpower and Scotty teaming up at, at Bathurst. Is there a chance of that happening? No, I want Scott to come back and win the thing. If, if I put him and Will, you know, with great respect, the guys who we see come and come and race wild cars in our category at the moment, they they if 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 they finish the race and they're somewhere in the top ten, top fifteen, they've done a pretty good job. I mean, yeah. don't underestimate your own abilities and and that of your your fellow drivers. I mean, these things are not they they they're not the easiest car in, in the world to to master for for. A, for a long race like Bathurst and these days Bathurst is, is a 101 lap sprint race. Mm. So look, I'd love to get Will Power over here and put him in a, in a, in a wild card. We'd love to do it. But when it comes to Scotty, I'd, I'd much rather put him in a car that's capable of winning the race. And that's, that, that, that means no disrespect to Will. I'm sure he can be competitive, but if you look at, if you look at guys who've come over and, and, and dip their toe in without, without that supercars background and experience, they're difficult beasts. But I think with Gen 3, we may see, we may see uh, some, some changes there. So it may make sense to do something like that in 2022 with the new cars. Just before we let you go, um, now that you are, I guess, a bigger shareholder of the organisation there, um, does that mean you're also about to be a bigger shareholder in supercars? Are the team owners taking on supercars and the share held by Archer Capital? Oh, look, there's, there's, there's often been a lot of speculation and talk around that, but uh, the pandemic's changed a lot of things. I think our focus, the focus for the teams has to be on the, on the short-term future and, and Gen 3 and, and, and the transition to Gen 3. I think the work that Sean Seema has done with John Casey and the board and the technical department in terms of how we do that transition has been very good indeed. And, and I think uh, Peter Wiggs' involvement with Archer has been very, very, very helpful. And uh, he's been very engaged and, and, and supportive throughout that, uh, those negotiations and discussions. So in terms of a team takeover, I think uh, in a perfect world, yeah, look, it would be great to see that happen, but it would have to make economic sense for all parties. So it's not something that's on the table at the moment. Okay. Ryan, thank you for all your time today. Thank you for your support of the Loud Pedal podcast over the last couple of years. We really appreciate it. And we know you do a great Donald Trump impersonation as well. So <laughs> as we leave you, you've probably been busting to get it out during the chat. As we leave you, you can say farewell Donald Trump style if you so desire, mate. <laughs> oh, well, I might, uh, I, might, uh, I might pass on that opportunity. But uh, oh, as soon come as you on. Try. <laughs> you're doing so well. <laughs> You've got well, an election to win. Listen, listen, you've got to understand this is a very difficult decision for me to make to end the podcast at this point in time, but thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Good luck. Thank you. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks Appreciate your time. All of it. Thanks again to Ryan's story there. You never know what you're going to get with Ryan's story. That brings us, though, to our 
Bathurst champion for 2020, one of them anyway, Shane Van Gisbergen joins us from quarantine, from the hotel room there uh, in New Zealand, mate. How are you? It's, uh, you've got nothing else to do. You might as well chat to us, I guess. Yeah, I'm pretty bored. It's uh, day 10, so yeah, four and a half or whatever it is to go. So getting through it, but uh, it's worth it for three months at home, I guess. Yeah, well, we, what have you we, been doing, Shane? Drinking out of the trophy the whole time? <laughs> May have had a couple the first few nights. Uh, <laughs> the uh, first two days of quarantine were a blur, getting over the hangover, but uh, it's all good. You wouldn't want to be there uh, if you had lost, would you? It'd be a pretty long two weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, nah, it's all right. You know, got ended up with a room in the city, which is cool. So, you know, there's a few places you could have gone to that would have been worse. So, yeah, it's, it's not too bad. Just a long time. What, what can you actually do? Are you allowed out of the room? How does it all work? Can you explain? Yeah, so you end up, you're locked in your room. You get three meals a day, and but you can go outside whenever or you can book in, I think there's five or six sessions a day where you can go for for a run around the, around the car park, get some exercise. But uh, I ended up getting my, my cycle here and sit on that for an hour each day and cure some of the boredom or kill some time. But uh, there's a good coffee machine on level five and going there twice a day, which are up. <laughs> well, what's the plan, Shane, once you get out? What, what are you going to do? Surely I there's bought, some celebrate, more celebrating to do, surely. Yeah, yeah. I bought, bought a motorbike, so I got planned to pick up that awesome. the first day and build that. And then, uh, yeah, that weekend we got testing on the, on the Saturday for the rally the week after. And then, yeah, Sunday have a, have a party with the boys, which will be fun. What kind of bike did you get? We know you're a big MotoGP fan. What'd you get? Oh, a little Moto KDM 150. I had one uh, about 10 years ago. Slady and I used to race around. Uh, <laughs> so I brought, bought one of them. So it should be a bit of fun. And everyone's got back into motorbikes again. So I thought I'd have some fun over summer. Mate, how were the celebrations? What did you get up to before you had to take off? Oh, I was pretty quiet. You know, on, on Sunday night, everyone was just wrecked. But the atmosphere was awesome in the team you know um everyone was super stoked about it and um you know, we were pretty late on on sunday but it wasn't too crazy um uh, but yeah or just awesome feeling like even now still still stoked about it that's uh, awesome mate and and what are the reactions like in the nz have you have you have you been out have you been able to see or or hear the the reactions yeah i suppose like, through the media yeah through the media like it's been pretty cool to see so much stuff for it um, i think probably the biggest thing is really about the, the holden you know last factory effort there and and that moment with the flag on the cool down lap is unbelievable how much coverage i've got and or how much coverage that's got but also how many people are messaged about how much it means to them you know um, obviously i've learned the last two or three years as being the factory driver how much it means to be the hold be a holden driver but the reactions and messages I've got about how emotional people were about that moment is, um, it's pretty awesome. So yeah, pretty stoked to be able to contribute to that holding history, I guess. Well, that, that is now an iconic Bathurst moment. It will be forever. Can you explain it again, that how it happened? And did you realize the significance of, of what you were doing at the time? No, not really. I, uh, you know, you, we got told on driver's briefing on the on the Friday, whatever it was, we could do an extra lap of a celebration and kind of forgot about it till I crossed the line. And I thought, oh, shit, I had to burn out the whole lap. And then <laughs> there, there was no one there, you know, kind of lacked atmosphere. So I just cruised around and then, yeah, saw that guy 
Dennis's name was. Saw him going nuts <laughs> on the back straight, waving the flag. So I sort of planned to grab the chicken flag when I got back to the start line. But yeah, saw him and yeah, it worked out perfect. Uh, except for the fact when I came out of turn one, I went to pull it back in the car and it fell off the flagpole. So <laughs> someone's, uh, someone's nicked it. I don't think we'll ever see that. <laughs> oh, no. So old Dennis didn't get his flag back. <laughs> no, he saw us on Monday morning. He was, I think he went down oh, to the no. pits to look for it. But uh, he was a ripper guy, full lifetime Holden fan. So he was just stoked to be, be part of it. But yeah, it would have been cool to get his flag back. It was a really great send-off for Holden. It was just the, the best thing that could happen for the send-off for Holden. So, um, yeah, well done, mate. It was awesome. Yeah, thank you. It was cool. It's um, But, you know, even though the weekend lacked um, atmosphere, like as we talked about, I think it was uh, Friday night, like the intensity of the weekend was just crazy. Some of the big laps people were doing, how tough qualifying was, how tough the shootout was, and then the last three or four stints of the race – the pace was just insane how competitive it is now. So it was a tough weekend. We were all on it all weekend. It was pretty awesome to, to see how close it was between, you know, the top six to eight cars. We'll put a call out now for whoever has that flag to uh, send it into Red Bull or supercars or someone It belongs in the national motorsport museum or somewhere of significance. So hopefully whoever's got it, it's done the right thing. And you might even give yeah. a sign. A signed hat, perhaps, maybe, mate, uh, if, if it gets returned to you, yeah? Oh, I'd rather it went back to back to Dennis, you know, but, uh, yeah. yeah well, what it was, cool. was it? I thought he took hey? it off someone else. Didn't Dennis actually grab it off someone else, I thought he said? I think it was his wife's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, in terms of the wet the wet weather, did, you, did your eyes light up? I know everyone says, you know, that you love racing in the wet and you've always said well no actually I don't but you're just doing yeah. very well did you light up then and go this is the chance to put the foot down and and win this race oh no you don't win the race on lap 50 but it no. certainly helped you know I was yeah. um I actually I was I think third in line and I got to the crest that um mountain straight and I just went stuff this like I saw how much water there was and uh I think it was Will and Fabian in front of me and they stayed flat out and I thought I don't want to be involved in that and my first half or first lap was pretty slow like just learning the grip and probably being too cautious but yeah once I got going um yeah it went pretty good and and got to the front you just I was just breaking where they were just a little bit later and see they made it around the corner and you could charge a bit harder so I was a bit worried when I got to the front I started tensing up and <laughs> under driving a bit but um yeah for some reason yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't enjoy that stuff, but I uh, always go okay at it. It's al it's always been it's always hardest being the pioneer, isn't it? You can always yeah, you always know when you're following someone in the wet, you can go that little bit deeper, like you said, and carry a bit more speed. But once you get to the front, <laughs> you're like, Oh shit, what's the grip level yeah. now? I don't know. I didn't um, know what so to do. I think Fabian put me two seconds a lap, one lap. Like he was just, <laughs> he was just doing what I did, and I was the one being cautious. But at that point, it started to dry out a bit, and yeah, we sort of got going. But it was so treacherous there, like on that warm-up lap, like it was pissing down at the cutting. You know, I was, I was pretty tempted to put for wets there, but I saw the front two stay out, so I just followed them. Um, obviously GT had a, a massive role to play in it as well. He was outstanding once again. How much did it yep. mean to you to win at Bathurst? Um, I know 
I think when we tried to talk to you previously about your experiences, the, the tougher times at Bathurst, you, you haven't really wanted yeah. to, to go there and fair enough. So to get this victory and have the mountain finally choose you is um, that must've meant the world to you to get that done, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't dwell on all the other races, but yeah. certainly 2014 probably still hurts. Like I watch that race now. I haven't watched it since, but um yeah, it's just another race and it's a race where it all come together for us and it's the biggest race in our series. So yeah, awesome to, awesome to win it. Um, but yeah, the other years I've had some mega races and probably some I should have won, but we haven't executed. So yeah, it was cool. Cool. that it just went right. Like that last hundred laps or so was, it was super tense, but we got pretty much everything right. Uh, except for one pit stop <laughs> when I got out and, uh, they were doing a brake change so we didn't have our driver assist and I just jumped out and walked away and poor Garth had to bolt himself in <laughs> but uh, otherwise it was pretty faultless Shane, the, the race is always it always goes down to the wire and this one dis didn't yeah. disappoint how much did you have to push at the end to hold uh, Cam off because he was coming in hot wasn't he yeah like oh, the last 20 laps or whatever the last stint once I sort of warmed his fronts up and pulled away i thought oh yeah all right and then yeah 10 laps to go it's like okay what's gonna happen now like every year <laughs> something seems to happen at bathurst and sure enough there was two or three safety cars but yeah you know what he's like he's just fully on the limit and yeah. cold tires he was really strong so but uh i think that's the way our cars are now it's so hard to follow over the top so as soon as i got through turn two each restart I, I knew i was fine so um we were pretty equal with horsepower and stuff so yeah once once i got through the second corner i knew we were okay but he passed i think slady on one of the restarts and he was really mm. sharp on the on the restarts and i think the last one he was pushing me up the back and uh gave him a little wave right before i took off so <laughs> it was uh, pretty good Mate, you, um, you talk about the highs and lows of, of Bathurst. Obviously, the sister car, they had a weekend that was one that they will want to forget. And then yep. now Jamie's been wrapped up in getting booted out of Queensland. He's had a, <laughs> had a bad run. And, and those poor guys have been booted from Queensland. It's a, it's a pretty tough situation, isn't it? Oh, I think it's a weird one. Yeah, they got booted out. But then half the other teams or all the other people were, were back in Queensland. So, yeah, the borders are a bit weird how it works but yeah he's got phones calls from the police to head back down there so yeah it's a it's a crazy one but yeah uh i think jamie was just glad that that we won so his uh yeah. wrap over the knuckles wasn't as bad from rolling <laughs> exactly um the other big news of that week was the camaro so assuming yep. you're still with the team and you'll be driving a, a camaro in in 2022 that that's pretty cool news, I would assume. You would, you'd be happy to receive that. Oh, yeah. It's it's cool to have that. The car looks awesome. Yeah. And even the other brand looks like it should as well. And that's a, they're both tough-looking cars. It's um, it's really cool and, and quite exciting. And, um, yeah, some of the things that they're talking about with Gen 3 are, are really cool. And uh, hopefully they keep the rawness of the series, you know. And, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But um, there's talk of paddle shift and stuff like that. That doesn't really excite me but um you know on paper i think it's going to be a cool thing and hopefully more accessible cheaper less people to run it and uh much closer racing so yeah it, it is exciting on paper i think what you know going back to what ryan said stubsy about 
the look of the cars, you know, the Mustang is going to look like a road car Mustang or much mm-hmm. more like it. And I, and I assume the Camaro will be the same. I think that's great for the sport and, and, yeah. and great for the manufacturers, I think, as well, you know, in selling their, their product on the road. Um, at the moment, you know, the cars do look a little bit different. Um, so that, that, that can be a bit of a downfall for the manufacturers. But, um, Shane, looking forward, uh, we, we've seen the departure of Scott now. Um, he's going, you know, obviously full-time IndyCar, What's your plan for the future? Do you, do you have ambitions again to, to go back overseas once you can? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. But um, obviously, I stay in supercars full time. It's, um, it's the best series. Every time I come back, it's always the best racing, most competitive. So, yeah, I love it here. But I uh, wouldn't mind going back to Europe, doing some GT stuff. And hopefully, Le Mans, maybe next year, we'll see if the travel restrictions uh, ease off. I was a bit gutted didn't get to do that this year uh, or any other racing really. So yeah, but you know, plenty of years left for that, but yeah, certainly I think my full-time focus will, will stay in V8s. You've had a great battle with um, Scott over the years and we spoke to him earlier yeah. on over in the States. He said he had been talking to you. He's <laughs> nominated you as the man most likely to win the championship next year. So what, what do you make of that? Oh, I don't care about that stuff, but yeah, certainly talking with him, it's, pretty exciting it's good to be able to cheer for him again um you know yesterday uh we texted each other and he said he did it like a, a 218 at indy which is like 350k's average like it's <laughs> mind-blowing how fast that is and um you know it was good to watch him over the weekend on the monday morning i had the laptop and the ipad set up had all the radios going and i was uh cheering for both scotties uh scotty max scotty dixon and it was pretty cool, pretty cool to watch and um, listening to how Scotty was sort of getting coached through it and learning. It's uh, it's going to be good to watch next year. Um, Freaking tough initiation. Like everyone's at the end of their season and they've had a season like us stacked, you know, racing every week. So everyone's on it and you're expected to come in and a few days notice and be on it. So I think he did. I think he did pretty well, although it didn't look it on paper. He did an awesome job. I should have known, uh, having worked with you for five or six years now, Shane, you wouldn't buy it on him saying that you were going to win the, <laughs> the championship next year. I should have even mentioned it. Um, what are your reflections on on battling with him? Because that rivalry, the Penske rivalry, they're gone now too. That, that's been a real cool feature of our sport. We've loved watching you two bang doors, sometimes literally in Park for May. Oh, yes. He's <laughs> an awesome, awesome competitor. Uh, but, yeah, certainly the couple of years probably didn't feel like we got beaten fairly but this year for sure he was the, the better guy and, and the better team like no mistakes and they were on it on it pretty much every weekend so yeah certainly they were deserving of it this year and Scotty always is he doesn't really have many weaknesses and his qualifying is really the standout so yeah had some really cool battles with him and always enjoyed it and uh you know he's he's a great guy and yeah, I'll be, I'll, I'll be supporting him all the time now. And the departure of the Penske brand in terms of Roger and the captain, what he's brought to that rivalry yeah. between Red Bull and, and Penske, it's been, that's been awesome too. So were you disappointed in a way as a competitor to, to know that he was leaving the sport or um, how, how did that sit with you? Yeah, I don't know. I can't answer that in the last question a little bit without saying too much to <laughs> get, in, get in trouble or make headlines, but... Um, <laughs> Our season's over, go for it. Say what you really think. 
<laughs> no, you know, I think I think most of that's been covered. But yeah, for sure, in some areas they've been really, really stand out and made us step up and improve our game. And you know, I think the way we work as a team is much closer trying to improve. And yeah, it's pretty pretty impressive some of the things they do. So yeah, I think it's I think it's been a good thing. But I think you know that. Um, that'll continue with where they are for at least a couple of years, you know, they'll, they still got some strong people there and some strong data. I think, I think they'll be a competitive team, Dick Johnson in the next couple of years. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask both you guys, Shane, before we let you go, the departure of Rick Kelly as well and, and yeah. him as a driver, Shane, and, and what you make of, of that news. Yeah. Well, he's one of the guys who's been there since I started and always when you come up against them, you knew you were going to get a tough fight. And, but a fair one and off track he's an awesome guy as well but even now you know you can tell uh that their cars aren't that great but the way he drives he's always really sharp always always onto it and his awareness on the track is second to none like his car placement knowing where you are and his racecraft was really good so always enjoyed racing him for sure but um yeah fantastic guy as well so not sure whether he'll stick around as a co-driver or with his team or whatever, but um, certainly a bit of a loss for the sport. Yeah, I, I'd echo Shane's comments. I think he's one of the toughest competitors on the track, you know, if you come <laughs> yeah. up against him. Um, it's going to be a seriously hard task and there was not much chance of getting past him unless you were uh, you know, <laughs> fully committed and maybe had a bit of rubbing panels. But um, he's, yeah, he's a great guy, um, really good for the sport, great ambassador for the sport. Uh, and, and a great, he, he's a great ambassador for his sponsors too. Like he's, he's a real, um, uh, he, he loves his social media with all that stuff. He gets right into it, but yeah, he's going to be missed, I think. And, and what he's achieved in his time throughout the sport, he's been in it for so long. So massive, uh, massive career and, and he's achieved so much. So yeah, good luck to him um, with his future. I think we'll see him about, I reckon. I can't see him not being involved um you know after so long and i think we'll see him back as a co-driver at least shane before we let you go uh adelaide 500 guys the place you've had great success that's uh, surely disappointing news for you oh that's one of our best races of the year you know turning up at adelaide and first race of the season seeing what everyone's got the massive crowd and two tough races like you'd always end up on the saturday finishing the 250k going shit how am I going to do this tomorrow <laughs> but uh it's going to be a huge loss but I think uh, by the quick read that I had it sounds like there's a little more to it maybe but um yeah hopefully they realize what they've lost uh for Adelaide and it comes back in a year or two maybe but um yeah certainly one of my favorite races not just because I had success there but it's a pretty cool little town and awesome track so yeah, hopefully it comes back. It's pretty sad news. Shane, congratulations once again. Enjoy the bike. Enjoy the celebrations once you get out of there. And uh, we appreciate your time, mate. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Shane. Enjoy. All right. So doozy of a show to wrap up with. We've gone for ages, but we've had uh, guests that I think we're deserving of it. Uh, Lee, thank you, mate, very much for your time uh, this year. It's been awesome. It's been a, a bizarre year, as we all know, but I uh, appreciate all your No, no, no dramas, Stubbsy. It's been fun once again, um, recording from all sorts of different <laughs> places around Australia. 
yeah. uh, while we're on our on our travels. But um, yeah, good fun and, and look forward to next year. Yeah, absolutely. It's had its challenges, but we've fought on and hopefully the, the listeners have enjoyed it. Uh, big thanks as well to Ryan Mackay, who's our senior publicist at Fox Sports. He's jumped in um, to help us out this year and make sure that the show could go ahead. So big thanks to him. And, and also, lastly, I want to say a, a huge shout out to James Harrison, the general manager of motorsport at Fox Sports. His final day today, he's been not just a great boss, but a, a fantastic guy to work with, a great mate. Uh, it's been a pleasure and so huge thanks to James for supporting the podcast and personally supporting me uh, and all the hard work that he's done over 20 plus years at Fox Sports. And Lee, I know that you've um, you've had a bit to do with Harrow as well over the last few years and um, he'll be missing the paddock. Absolutely, absolutely. What a legend of a, of a person. Um, great, great, uh, great for the sport and, and what he's done for Fox is his... Um, second to none so yeah he's going to be sorely missed and and i hope that we uh we cross paths in the near future he's he's a great guy i'm sure we will i'm sure we will and of course supercars continues on fox sports over the next five years f1 this weekend at imola so tune in there MotoGP with three races to go as we decide the championship can jack miller get a victory before the season is out there is every chance lee once again thank you mate enjoy some downtime with the family we'll catch up with you soon Thanks, Stubbsy. Thanks to all our listeners. Absolutely. Listeners, number one. Thank you very much. Cheers.